Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. You can be seated. We're going to dive right into God's word this morning. And so if you want to pull out your Bibles, pull out your phone, your Bible app, however you want to get in God's word today, uh, let's do it. And so thanks for being here once again. If this is your first time, my name is Joe. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic, and it is an honor uh, to be able to share with you from God's word today. It's always such a privilege. And so thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me be here. Uh, some of you I'm seeing back after a while uh, due to sickness or, or life or just whatever. And man, I'm so happy to see you in the building. If you're online with us today, uh, man, I'm so thankful that you're here. Um, if, you're in, if you're in your living room with somebody today, reach over and give them a high five. If they already fell asleep, reach over and shake them. Uh, you know, sometimes when you're at home and you're all snuggled up on that couch and you got your blankie and, and you got your hot cocoa or your coffee, you know, sometimes the family members fall asleep. And so do me a favor, look around the living room and make sure everybody's awake and let's dive in. If you remember last week, as uh, we did uh, part three last week of this series, Reset, uh, we talked about um, the best way to study your Bible or a great way to study your Bible as God intended, right? And we talked about if I'm going to study the Bible God's way, I've got to first accept its authority, uh, huge. Second, I've got to develop a hunger for it. And third, I've got to develop an understanding of it. And so one way to do these things is memorization, which, which, which is what we're going to talk about today. Memorization. And so a big question for you and I that I believe is really relevant today uh, is when is the last time you memorized anything? Because some of you are saying, Joe, I don't need to memorize anything anymore because I've got my phone, Right? Anybody ever think that way? If I need to know something, I just ask Siri. Now, we all have that person in our life that we have heard ask Siri the most ridiculous questions. And as they're asking Siri this question, you're like, Siri's not going to know that. And you tell them, but they don't listen, and they just keep asking serious Siri ridiculous questions. Does anybody have somebody like that in their life? You can give them an elbow. I mean, it's okay. We're all family here in church. But, you know... We don't memorize a lot of things anymore. Do you remember those days when you used to know everybody's phone number by heart? I was one of those people, right? Every single one of my friends, I knew their phone number because I could, I'm going to grab that phone off the wall and take the 50-foot extension cord into my room, right, shut the door, and I'm going to dial their phone number. How many of you had, like, the largest Rolodex in the world? It was like... It was like a monument on your desk, and it's like, man, I remember going in the office when I was a kid, and I just loved turning that thing, right? And it's like watching those pages flip back and forth, and some of you that are like under 30, probably 30 and under, you're like, what in the world are you talking about? But it was this really cool thing. You can look it up on the internet. Um, it will show you a picture. But some of you these days, you're like asking Siri what your zip code is. Like, it's like you just don't memorize anything anymore. But listen, here's, uh, let me just talk a little bit about why this memorization thing is so important. It's a lost just art. It's a lost thing because of our culture. But here's why it's so important. Listen, it is a human flaw a literal human flaw to want to put God in a box. And when I say put God in a box, the working definition of the box is we want him to fit inside of our mind and what our mind can handle, right? 
And so throughout the ages, it's been different things and different ways that the, that the church and people try to put God in a box. The early church tried to put God in the box of Jewish tradition, right? This is the way we've always known. This is the way that we thought the Messiah was supposed to come. So we're going to try to put Jesus in our little box. The newly formed Gentile churches, non-Jewish churches, tried to put God, some of them tried to put God in the box of their culture. They tried to graft Jesus into, uh, for lack of better terms, their pagan rituals or their pagan practices, right? The really technical term for this is they tried to synchronize Jesus into their cultural things that were contrary to the word of God. In this age today, 2021, aren't you glad that we could say that? 2021, the things that most commonly interfere with the healthy relationship with Jesus, the things that, the ways that we try to fit God in our little box, I, and this is personal opinion here, I really believe they have to do with a few things. Comfort, I think comfort is probably the number one thing, and that a lot of times we don't even think about it, but did you know that comfort can get in the way of your relationship with Jesus, a pursuit of everything being easy and comfortable all the time. I think that we're in an age where feelings reign supreme and feelings can get in the way of your relationship with Jesus. Experience, you know, if I experienced it, then it must be true. That gets in the way of our relationship with Jesus. And then also a big one in our, in our world as Americans right now is just divisiveness. Divisiveness can get in the way of you understanding God and how who he really is and, and how he created the church to be. Three issues that Paul commonly wrote about in the, to the early church still ring true today. Over and over and over when Paul was talking to all these churches, he talked about unity, he talked about purity, and he talked about sound teaching. Man, if you study the epistles, all these letters that Paul wrote to the churches, over and over he's talking about unity, he's talking about staying away from sexual immorality, purity, and he's talking about sound teaching and watching out, you know, making sure you don't fall into or, or fall for false teaching. So Paul's saying, don't be divisive, stay away from sexual immorality and reject false teaching over and over and over. And those ring true today. And so this is why it's so important to realize that we can't keep God in our little box. We can't keep God in just a place where it fits so neatly in our little filing cabinet of a mind, in just our understanding. And this is why memorization is so important. Because it all goes back to what's steering your ship, what programming for you, you geeks out there, you tech nerds, what, what programming is guiding your application? What narrative is guiding your story? What is the pre-programmed, imprinted beliefs that make you live the way you're living, that guide your choices? If we use church language, it's either your sinful nature or the Holy Spirit. There's really only two choices. What's guiding your life? How well is your life guided by Scripture? Listen, the only way we break out of the box, you know, what we think, our feelings, our comfort, our experience, you know, 
the only way to live lives of unity, purity, and for it to be built on sound teaching and sound doctrine is to rewrite the file, to rewrite the tapes. Man, there's this amazing thing that you can do on your computer. You may not know if you don't like computers, but you can go to this, this you can hit delete. And if you really want to get serious, you go and do something called reformatting the entire hard drive, which basically you're saying, man, this thing is messed up. Have you ever had a messed up computer? And you're like, this thing is so messed up, jacked up, and just like, something's wrong. Anybody you, th- you think your computer's demon possessed? Am I the only one? And so you're like, I need to completely wipe it and start over. That's called reformatting the hard disk. And then you need to install a new operating system. Back in the day, we used to put the tapes in the tape recorder and hit record when we wanted to write a new mixtape. Anybody remember that? Or, or, or like a song would come on the radio and you'd stick your boom box up next to it and you'd hit record because you wanted to rewrite that tape, right? Some of you kids are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then maybe some of you kids will remember when you'd burn the CD and you're like, this is amazing. I could put whatever songs I want on this CD. You know, some of you still have your eight tracks. And, and, you're, and, and listen, if you're still rocking the eight track, you just might be a lost cause. And we're just going to move on. If you're the record kind of person, I don't know how to rewrite a record. I don't know if that's possible. But if you're a record person, you just got cool again. And so... But listen, sometimes you've got to rewrite the tape. You've got to rewrite the file. You've got to hit delete. You've got to pull out your iPhone and do the restore and erase all content and decide what's going to go back on the disk. You've heard me say, and I'll keep saying it over and over, what you think about Jesus is the most important thing about you. And so how do you get the right thoughts in your mind? Did you know that back in Hebrew days, like way back when Jesus was growing up, kids attempted and were encouraged to memorize the entire Torah, the first five books of the New Testament, also called the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, in their entirety by heart. Can you imagine? Have you read those books? Can you imagine memorizing them word for word for word? And some of the kids, man, if they succeeded and they got all five books memorized and, man, they were on top of it, they knew it left and right like the, like the inside of their hand, they just knew it. They might get recruited to be an apprentice of a rabbi. And that was like making the major leagues back then. Like if you, if you studied and you got to be an apprentice of a rabbi, it's like you just got the scholarship to Yale or Harvard or MIT and you were like the man. And you get to follow in the footsteps of the rabbi. Jesus quoted by memory from 24 books of the Old Testament almost 180 times in the New Testament. And not only did that, he did it just by recall. Like when somebody would challenge him, he had a verse for it. He had something to say about it. He knew what was up when it came to the word of God. So question for you and for me today, because I'm preaching this morning just as much to me as I am to you. 
What do you have committed to memory when it comes to God's word? What occupies the most space in your memory? Think about it. How many songs do you have memorized? How many TV jingles do you have memorized? If you're like, what do I have committed to memory? And you're like, spend big money at Menards. (laughs) Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, man, what do I have in memory? Nationwide is on your side. (laughs) That's about it. We remember stuff. The question is, what do you remember? Lines from movies? right? You sit on a throne of lies. Many of you, because we just had Christmas, know what movie that's from, right? What do we commit to memory? Some of you even have lectures that your parents gave you when you were a kid committed to memory. And so why is memorization of Scripture so important? A few biblical reasons we're going to fly through before we're done today. Number one, it's not a suggestion. The first reason that memorization is so important in your walk with Christ, and it's a spiritual discipline that you need to implement, is because it's not a suggestion. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 4, 3 through 4. Just a little context, Jesus has gone into the wilderness, into the desert, and he's fasting for 40 days, and during that time, he's being tempted by the devil. And so it says, during that time, the devil came to him and said, If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live, underline do not live, by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When Jesus quoted that scripture, he's quoting a scripture from Deuteronomy 8.3, where basically... God says, hey, Israelites, I took you out in the desert. I took you out in the wilderness. I let you get hungry. I let you almost starve. And then just to show you how much you needed me, and then what did God do? He let manna fall from heaven, this miraculous food. And if you don't know the story, literally, food, manna, fell from heaven every day for them to eat. Why? So the Israelites will learn that God is their provider and they, they literally need him like we, our physical body needs breath. And so Jesus is saying, hey, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When Jesus says that, what does that say to me? I cannot live without God's word in my heart. You see, Jesus was tempted here to take the power that God had deposited in his life and use it for selfish motives. Every single one of us has this temptation to take the blessings that God has given us, to take the opportunities and influence and life that God has given us, and to use it for selfish motives. And the only way to rewrite that file is to deposit the word of God in our hearts and our souls, to guide us and lead us. Jesus' response was that he would not be guided by selfish motives, but by heavenly directives. Jesus was emphatic, people do not live by bread alone. You will not live on selfish motives. You need the word of God to rewrite your life. So what happens if you don't have that word ready when you need it? You die in the fight. You die in the fight of life. 
listen, this message is for everybody because you might be like, man, Joe, I just showed up at church. I don't read my Bible that much. I don't really get into the Word of God that much. I don't have one verse memorized. Guess what? The only way that you're going to decide if God is real is by reading His Word. So why not start today? Because if this is true, you're not going to be able to live the life that God has called you to live without the Word of God in your heart. New Christian, man, this is the time for you to devour the Scriptures, to just devour it. Long-time believer, listen, don't be lulled into a false sense of confidence. You need God's Word now more than ever. Listen, the Pharisees that Jesus rebuked knew the Scriptures. Listen, the devil knows the Scriptures. You need God's Word to transform your heart. And one way to, to let it transform your heart is to memorize it and let it rewrite the file. Let it rewrite the file. Deuteronomy 11.18 says this, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. I love that imagery. I love that. What is bound to your forehead and your wrists these days? Your phone. I listened to a podcast the other day that said that the average person touches their phone over 2,000 times a day. Can you imagine? Over 2,000 times a day, all the little touches and picking it up and putting it down. And, and listen, what do you want bound to your heart? What do you want bound to your heart? Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message about Christ in all its riches, richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Let it, in all its richness, fill your lives. I don't know about you, but the only way to let something really fill my life is to get it deep in my heart, memorize it, dwell on it, chew on it. There's a, you know, that, that biblical word meditation or really getting in, in the word, fixing your thoughts on it. Another word when, it, when it's translated is rumination. You know what that means? It's that process when those cows out in the field, they take a big bite of grass and they chew it up for a long time. And then guess what they do? They swallow it. And then what do they do? They regurgitate it and they start chewing it again. Isn't that kind of gross? Some of you are like, oh, man, I was hungry for lunch, and now I'm not so hungry anymore. Um, but, you know, just that process of just going over it and over it and over it and letting it dwell in our lives, fill our lives in all its richness. We're getting all the nutrients out of it. It's not a suggestion. Paul says, let the message of Christ fill your lives. Number two, why is memorization so important? Because it's a key to purity. It's a key to purity. Listen, when it comes to purity, right, and we got to rewrite our file when it comes to this. When it comes to purity, Benjamin Franklin has the best quote. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. If you don't have a plan for purity, then you have a plan for impurity in your life. Why? Because we are inundated constantly all the time with things that in God's eyes are impure. Philosophies, thoughts, images, ideas, speech, all kinds of things. Now, 
I'm not going to stand up here and, and tell you what movies you should and should not watch. Um, but I definitely think there are movies and music and, and entertainment and things that you should not watch. God has put a conscience inside of you. And here's the deal. When you get God's word in your heart and you begin to memorize, then your filter begins to change. Your filter begins to change. And so you need to have a plan for purity. Why is this so important? Because purity paves the way for intimacy. And I'm not talking about you being intimate in the way a lot of times the world thinks about, you know, between a man and woman in the context of marriage. I'm talking about having an intimate relationship with the Lord. Be knowing Him, growing closer to Him, a rich relationship with your Savior. Purity paves the way for intimacy. If there's impurity in our life, then we can't be surprised when our relationship with God isn't very close. If I want intimacy with the Lord, I need a plan for purity. Psalm 119, 9-11 says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Nothing will help you in having a plan for purity like putting God's word in your heart so that when those moments of temptation come, you are ready with tools in your belt to fight that temptation. Great example. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. One of my memory verses. I think I learned it when I was a kid. Listen, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Love that. What does that mean? Man, if I'm going to be pure, if I'm going to have a plan for purity, and I do my part, guess what? God's going to do his. He will always provide a way out. Now listen, this is how memorization works. When you really get something deep in your heart, you're going to remember it when you need it most. I learned that verse um, sometime between third and sixth grade. I know that because that, those were the years when I, I would sit <laughs> up at night with my mom studying these little fat cards about the Bible <laughs> that we used to do. It was awesome. And, so, and, and you can tell when I memorized that verse by the version. And it's still stuck in my head today. There hath no temptation taken you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And you old timers know that, man, I learned that in King James. Listen, when you hide God's word in your heart, it will come back when you need it most. You're suffering. You're struggling. You don't know how to get over that sin or to get over that junk or to find purity in your life. It could be that you just don't have the tool in your heart to use when you need it most. Now, don't get me wrong. Knowing that verse and standing up again to, to be pure when the time comes are two different things. But if you don't have that tool in your hand that is the word of God, then you're fighting without a sword, right? You gotta have it in your heart. Hebrews 12, four through five, man, I love this one. And this is another one I memorized during, um, uh, during junior high and high school. It says, and, and this one always just made me kind of laugh because it, it, it was one of those verses as a man that just kind of made you feel tough or made you kind of think tough thoughts. Kind of think like, oh, yeah, I like that. Like Tim Taylor, and you're just kind of like, oh, right? 
Hebrews 12, 4 through 5, it says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. I love that. It's like in your struggle against sin. And, and the writer Hebrews is like, I'm going to put things into perspective. You think you've tried? Hey, you have not struggled yet against sin to the point of shedding your blood. And you think about it like, yeah, you're right. I've not, I've not shed any blood over this. And so what is that? Man, when I memorize that scripture and when I put that in my heart, what does that say to me? Toughen up, buttercup. Come on. You can do this. It hasn't been that hard. Come on, you've got more in you. You've got more to give. Because after all, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. That verse, when it continues, it says, And you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as father, as a father addresses his sons. And so basically, the writer of Hebrews is telling them, Hey, come on, you can do this. And it could be that part of why they're, they're, they're failing is because they've forgotten this word of encouragement. When you hide God's word in your heart, it's going to be there when you need it most. It's a key to purity. Number three, why do you need to memorize God's word? Because it's a key to strength. It's a key to strength. Have you ever not known how to do something? And then someone very much younger shows you how to do it with ease, right? Or you thought you were really, really good at this, that, or the other, like you were the best. And then someone younger comes along and, and, and they just blow you away. Man, I've been there a lot lately. <laughs> so, man, I used, I, I used to think I was a pretty strong runner. Now, in the, in the grand scheme of things... I'm really, really not that strong. <laughs> like, um, I, I'm a kind of old man runner. I just, I plod along and just, I cross the finish line and, and that's a good day. Um, and so, but my kids never beat me. And then all of a sudden, this year, my son Jason, we're out on a training run and he challenges me to beat me home. And we're probably about half a mile away from the house and so we take off. And lo and behold, he smoked me. I don't know if it's because I kind of pulled my hamstring a little bit earlier. <laughs> earlier in the year. And uh, so I felt a little gimpy, you know. You know how you feel. And it just won't go away. And so whatever, I, I've got all kinds of excuses, right. But fact of the matter is, that boy just got faster than me. Right. That boy just got faster than me. And it's like, how did he get so strong? And when you think about people that just have a leg up on you, it's like they've got a little bit more strength than you. It's like, why do their minds work differently? What's, what's different about them? And you watch your kids on those phones, and you're like, how do their thumbs work like that? And it's like they have special abilities when they touch the device that just magically works, right? Have you ever, have you ever been there? Listen, Ephesians 6.17 says, Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I encourage you to go read that whole passage in Ephesians 6. It talks about the armor of God. Um, but the fact of the matter is, when you get God's Word in your heart, it's a source of strength. And you're going to be able to do things and react to things and handle things and endure things and walk through things and conquer things that you would not have been able to before. 
It's a fact. There's nothing like having that tool when you need it, right? Nothing. The strength has to be there when you need it. The strength has to be deposited so that you can use it. Listen, some of you like to work out, and you don't work out um, and just like, man, I worked out today, so I'm just automatically stronger. Most of the time after you work out, you feel a little bit weaker. But you do that over time, you keep making those deposits, and you work out so that you're going to have the strength when you need it at the right time. And it's the same with God's word. You're hiding it in your heart. You're depositing it so that, you know, you have that strength that you need it. I just want to encourage you, church, don't be a back-in-high-school believer. Remember, the, you know those people that are always like, well, back in the day, I used to, I benched 350, right? Back in the day, man, if I would just had one more chance, I'd have gone to state, you know? And it's always about what they used to do. Listen, believer, follower of Christ, when you deposit God's word in your heart, you're going to have the strength when you need it. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there. And it's not going to be a, you know, I used to know, or I used to this, or I used to that. You've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep diving in. Keep God's word sharp in your mind and in your heart. Number four, why do we need to memorize scripture? Because it keeps us from error. It keeps us from error. Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. 29. It says, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Man, couldn't have put it any more black and white than that. You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. I think it's just a fatal flaw that as a people, we, we kind of have that attitude that says, I don't need directions, right? Now, wives, no elbow in your husbands, but we all know those people in our lives that just won't pull over and ask for directions. And I know that that doesn't happen a lot anymore because of our, our good friend, uh, GPS. But, you know, there was a day when people would get lost. Now, kids, I know this is shocking, but people used to get lost when they were driving on the road, right? And they would have to pull over into a gas station or somewhere and ask for directions. The modern-day equivalent would be like you go to Ikea and you bring this dumb thing home and you open up this picture book and you're like, what? Has anybody ever been there? It's like, and some of you are tempted to think, I don't need those directions. I'll figure it out. And then lo and behold, three hours later, (laughs) you've broken things in half. You've punched holes in the wall and you can't figure it out. Why? Because you didn't heed the directions, right? You didn't heed the directions, and you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Your life has fallen off the rails. Your marriage fell apart. A, a, a life-controlling addiction took you to a place that you couldn't get yourself out of. Why? Because you didn't follow the instruction manual of life. It wasn't there in your heart when you needed it most. Man, around my house, I'm known for making these muffins. And some of you are going to laugh. You're like a grown man getting in the kitchen and making muffins. But man, I, I love it. And, uh, and I put raspberries in them, and they are to die for. Guess what? I've made those muffins so many times now, I don't need the recipe anymore. Of all the dumb things to have memorized, I got this stupid muffin recipe memorized. But hey, how many of you know the kids aren't happy if I, make, if I don't know how to make that? And uh, if I just, oh, I'll wing it. If I don't follow that recipe, those muffins are turning out 
disastrously. And it's the same in your life. You've got to follow the directions. You've got to submit to God's word in your life. You've got to say, okay, I don't know everything, and I'm just going to follow the directions this time. Psalm 37, 31 says, The law of their God is in their hearts. Their feet do not slip. The law of God is in their hearts, and their feet do not slip. Love that. And so how do we do this? Because it's not like, a, it's not like something that happens overnight. This is a discipline, which means we do it over the course of our life. Right? It's not one thing, it's not something you only do when you're young or only do at certain seasons. This is something that you do all the time, all right, that I want to encourage you to do all the time. And so you might be overwhelmed. You're like, Joe, I don't even know where to start. What verse do I start with? You know, there's no right or wrong, but here's 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 just a few points of encouragement. Think about this. If you did a verse a week, okay, this isn't rocket science. Um, can you imagine if at the end of the year you had fifty-two verses memorized? Some of you, that, that might be more verses than you have ever memorized in your entire life, which you could do in just one year. It's totally doable. Every single person, no matter what kind of memory you got, you know, you can do that. Especially if you start with like short ones like Jesus wept. Like, boom, you got one. One down. Time for week two. <clears throat> you do two verses a week, 104 verses a year. You do a verse a day. Can you imagine at the end of the year if you took... 10 minutes a day, you put a verse in your heart, and at the end of the year, you've got 365 verses stored to memory. Love that. But how? How are you going to do this? How are you going to implement this in your life? First of all, start with where. Where are you going to keep them? Where are you going to put them? Where are you going to go back to them? You could start a separate journal. You could start like your own, like here's my memorization verses that you write them down. And you work in that journal every single day. You could start a new note on your phone, right? There's even flashcard apps. And you could put the reference on one side and the verse on the other. Anything that you do like that is going to help you remember it better. Man, if you love all things computer, you could just create an Excel file. And you could do all kinds of tabs and figure out how you want to do it. And you could just reference that all the time. You could, um, you know, there's, there's dedicated Bible apps that you, could, that you could like highlight verses and all of your highlights in that app are your memory verses. You could even do different colors. I mean, like there's no shortage of ways to do this, and, but you got to decide where am I going to keep them, right? So you can be intentional. What about this when? When am I going to do this? I want to encourage you to do something really, really uh, revolutionary. And replace your social media time with rewrite the file time, right? Every time you look at social media, which I think the national average is like um, most people look at social media for three hours a day. Three hours a day. Maybe you take some of that time and you rewrite the file because when you are looking at social media, it is writing your file. You know, I talked about rewriting, reformatting hard disks, you know, hitting record on the tape recorder and rewriting that tape. Every time you look at social media, you're, re- you're writing your file. And so why not take some of that time and replace it with scripture memory, scripture memorization. Maybe start and end your day with it. You, re- you repeat it, you, it with scripture rep- repetition, and you just repeat it. 
And then how? What about how? Really, there's only one way to memorize things with grit and perseverance. Grit and perseverance. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to accept any excuses for myself, right? Which, like I said, I'm the pro at, at excuses. Oh, my hammy. I can't memorize anything today. <laughs> you know, we will always have an excuse to, to, do the best, to not do the best things in our life. And so grit and perseverance. Listen, you and I, we remember what we want. We probably remember the score of that Super Bowl back in 19, whatever year the Bengals, have they ever won a Super Bowl? There was no year. Sorry, guys. What about the Browns? They've never won either? Oh, my goodness. What did I get myself into moving to Ohio? I'm just joking. Don't be offended. All right, so, but whatever year it was, when I, when I lived in Chicagoland, it was 1985. Like, everyone remembered 1985. You remember what you want to remember. And so, how? Grit, perseverance, I'm going to choose to remember it. And then I'd encourage you, how? Daily pick one verse from your Bible reading and add it to your list. Add it, at least add it to the list. You might not have to... Um, Memorize it that day. If you're on the once a week plan or, or um, t- you know, two, one, two every week plan, you might not get to it. But at least take one verse from your Bible reading every day and put it on the list. Why? Because those are the verses that are jumping out at you, that are speaking to your heart, that when you have your devotional time, God is, is saying, hey, he's shining the spotlight on your life and saying, you need to know that. You need to not only know that, you need to deposit in your heart and start applying it to your life. And so a verse from your Bible reading every day, add it to the list. It could be your soap verse. Some of you are doing the soap method of uh, devotion, which the soap, talked about a couple weeks ago, it's an acrostic. The S stands for scripture. And so I would just encourage you to read at least one chapter of your Bible a day, one chapter. And so you read the chapter. And as you're reading, you pick one verse that jumped out at you, that really spoke to you. In the context of this chapter, man, this is one thought that, man, maybe God's dropping in your heart. And so you highlight that one verse, right? And then you take that one verse and you think about it. You observe. the So S-O, Scripture, observation. You observe. Man, who's, who's this being said to? Why is it being said? Why is Paul saying it? Why is Jesus saying it? What's the point here? And then the A stands for application, S-O-A, application. How am I going to apply this verse to my life? What's the timeless principle here that, you know, they might have been saying it to this crowd, you know, for one reason, but God is saying this to me for this reason. This is going on in my, my relationships. This is going on at work. This is going on in my personal life. And this is why God is speaking to me now. Application, how am I going to apply it to my life? And then the last letter, of soap is P, which stands for prayer. And then you take a moment and you pray. And so whatever you verse, you highlight in your soap uh, devotions that day uh, could go on your memorization list. But you got to have a system. you got to have a plan. And so we talked about where. We talked about when. We talked about how. This whole message has been about the why, right? And then the only remaining W is who. It's you got to do it. It's up to you. It's up to me to hide God's word in, in our hearts so that we might not sin against him. 
You can do this. And we're going to close this morning. So, Kathy, you can come up. You can do this. I can do this. The question is, do you want to? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want God's word in your heart? Right? Some of you are still overwhelmed. You're like, Joe, I don't know if I can do this. Where do I start? Where, what do I do? Um, either right now or in any moments, uh, a, a message popped up on, our, on all of our social media feeds. Uh, Natalie threw it up there. And there's great verses to memorize. And so I put seven verses on that social media post if you want to check that out. Just seven of my favorite verses. That if you're like, man, I don't know where to start. How about you just start with these seven? How about you just go after it this week? Maybe for this first week, you're like, God, I'm going to memorize all seven this week. And then you just see how you feel. And if you need to, man, drop it down to one next week, that's fine. But we can do this. You can do this. You can put tools in your belt, in your faith. You can carry the sword of God with you everywhere that you go. Right? You can do this. I believe in you. I believe that God gave us his word for a reason and it's worth committing to memory. Another easy way is just um, if you want to download the Bible app to your phone, there's a verse of the day every single day. When you open up that app, there's a verse right there. You know, if, if, if you're really struggling about where to start, start there. Get God's word in your heart. Take it to heart. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the power that it brings to our life. I thank you so much for the direction that it brings to your life. God, we confess, we confess that so many of the time, the wrong tapes are directing our life. God, the wrong programming is directing our life. God, we need your word to wash over us. God, we need your word to come to mind when we need it most. And so God, we wanna commit to this. God, we wanna commit to putting your word in our hearts so that we wouldn't sin against you. God, we want to commit to letting the message of Christ in all its fullness just be so rich and dwell in our lives so that it's overflowing out of us when we encounter life. We need you, Jesus. We need you more than anything. And so I just pray for every single person in this room. God, as they they seek you, as they seek you with all of their hearts, that you would honor that by helping your word to stick in their hearts and in their minds. Help us, Jesus. God, we pray against distractions. God, we pray against anything that would want to just uh, derail us from this pursuit. God, I pray that we can just kind of get some grit and perseverance and we kind of get an attitude like that verse in Hebrews that says, man, I still haven't resisted to the point of shedding my blood, so I'm gonna keep pushing forward. God, I'm going to keep fighting for my relationship with Jesus. I'm going to keep persevering in my faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, if you're here today, if you could keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed, if you're here today and you're like, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. This this God that is worth so much. Man, if, 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 if Jesus... If God's word is real, it's worth memorizing, it's worth studying because Jesus really did come. He really did lay his life down on a cross. He really did, just like that song we sang today, he rose again from the dead. If he really is our living hope, if he really sees me, he sees what's going on in my life, he has plans for me. 
He wants to forgive me. He wants to give me a new life and a new future and a new hope. If that's you today and you just come to this point where you realize that you need Jesus, whether you're in this room or you're online today, I just want to encourage you to reach out to God. Lift up your hand to him today. There's nothing special about lifting up your hand, but it's you're doing something physical to say, Jesus, I need you. So if that's you today, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Even on your couch at home, in your living room, wherever you're at, you could lift your hand up. Say, Jesus, that's me. Jesus, that's me. I want to invite you to be my Lord, to be my Savior in my life. I give my heart and my life to you. In Jesus' name. Now, after you've acknowledged that you need Jesus, that's the first step. I want to invite you to maybe say your first prayer that you ever prayed. And just invite Jesus to, to be your Lord and your Savior, to be your guide, your leader for your life from this point forward. And here's a simple prayer that you can pray. Jesus, I invite you into my life. I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you rose again on the third day. And I want to live for you. I realize that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. Make me new. Help me to live every single day from this day forward for you. In Jesus' name. You prayed that prayer today. Your next step is to start getting to know God's word. You know, jump online, listen to more messages, get the Bible app, get a real Bible. You know, start or a, like a paper Bible and start digging in. Start digging in and learning what Jesus has to say to you. And I believe in you. I'm proud of you. Can't wait to see what God's going to do in your life. If you have any questions or concerns or just, I don't know this or know that, and I want some questions answered, um, you know, come talk to me or one of our leaders. There's going to be a prayer team across the front, front today. They'd love to answer any questions you had or just pray for you. If you're like, I don't even know why I need prayer. I just need prayer. They're here. If you need, if you uh, want to pray for healing today, if you need provision, if you need, um, if you have any big needs in your life, uh, they're here to pray with you today. And so I invite you to take advantage of that. A couple things before I dismiss you. Uh, one, we had the 20 day, 21 day prayer guides um, available both online and at the info center in the lobby. If you missed it the last couple of weeks, it's totally fine. Jump in, start at the beginning. The point is, is that we're focusing on prayer and focusing on our relationship with God. There's great verses in the prayer guide that you can use for your scripture memory as well. And so engage in that way. Also, if you want to volunteer, there's cards at the info center. Um, if you're interested in jumping on one of our teams that we're kind of getting going, um, do that. And then also, if you're if you're first time with us today, or um, or you have a question, or just want to get in contact with us here at the church, there's a connect card in the seat back pocket in front of you. Fill that out. If you gave your heart and your life to Christ today, uh, check the box at the bottom that says "I decide to follow Jesus today." We'd love to get in touch with you. Also, on the back of that connect card, there's prayer requests. Any need that you have, just write that down drop it in the box in the back. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. Lastly, just want to thank you in advance for your faithfulness with your tithes and offerings and giving. Um, and we sure appreciate it. And not only that, what you're giving is going to do awesome things for you, for God and his kingdom. Uh, the kids ministry, youth ministry, missions, just all the different stuff that's happening here at Mosaic, our Sunday services, everything that is given goes to further God's kingdom through these ministries. And so just want to say thank you ushers are available to, to receive the tithes and offerings as you leave. And also there's lots of ways to give online. And then lastly, 
consumed night of worship and prayer is tonight. Um, if you're like, what is that? What is this all about? Basically, you'll come at 6.30. Um, I, it was my fault. There was a little bit of confusion on the start time. I might have said 6 p.m. last week. It's 6.30. Um, we'll start right here in this room. We'll have an hour of worship and prayer. We will lead you and guide you through that. You just need to come and be ready to be a part. And um, there's no expectations. You can just sit at your seat. You can stand. Um, you can pray. You can just listen. Whatever. Just come be in God's presence tonight. We're going to have some different prayer stations around the room. Um, we're going to have some focused prayer um, uh, led uh, by some leaders in our church. And so um, I'm just really, really excited. And then after that, I would hope that you stick around for a few minutes and just get to know somebody new. We'll have a time of hanging out in the lobby. And so uh, come tonight, consume night of worship and prayer, and uh, we'll see you then. God, I thank you for your people. Bless them as they go back to work and lives and, and families and whatever they do. Let it be for you and your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Have an awesome day.